Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. On today's episode, I spoke with Larry Kutcher, CEO of A Place for Mom. The New York City-based company is the nation's largest online referral platform for senior housing communities. When Kutcher took the reins as CEO in 2019, he made it his personal mission to change the company's relationship with senior living operators, who, over the years, have had their fair share of complaints about senior living referral services. While Kutcher believes the company is making progress on that goal, among others, he still thinks it has a ways to go. I think we've made progress for them to understand who we are, what we're about, and that we're on the side of helping being their true partner to make revenue together and and satisfy families together. But we're nowhere near the finish line. But before we get to that interview, I'd like to take a moment to highlight our SHN Architecture and Design Awards. This annual competition recognizes cutting-edge design and excellence in senior living across the U.S. and abroad. Visit Senior Housing News to view this year's winners. And now, here's my interview with Larry Kutcher, CEO of A Place for Mom. Larry Kutcher, thank you for coming on Transform today. I'm excited to talk with you. I wanted to actually start with some recent news, and I wrote about this. If you're a Senior Housing News reader, you've probably seen this story. A Place for Mom in January announced that it had raised $105 million in growth equity funding, which seems to me like a lot of money. You and I talked back then. You had mentioned to me that you felt like you had finished a lot of of some of the transformations that you had set in progress, but now you are going further to drive growth in the industry. So I wanted to start with just $175 million. That's a lot. Can you lay out what that means for A Place for Mom and kind of what you plan to do with those, those funds? Sure. Uh, thanks, Tim. Great to be here. So happy to be here, have a talk with you uh, and the audience. Yeah, 175 is a lot of money, but we have big goals. And I really look at it as going after a couple areas. First is our brand. You know, we have the what I think is the leading brand in the industry, in the consumer world. But we've really just started. You know, when people are making the decision about senior housing, they're not really aware of things and they ultimately end up in that situation. And so building a brand really matters. And so we're, we're spending a lot on marketing and on branding and a lot of our money is going to go to that. It has gone to that and we'll continue to go to that. Second, uh, we've significantly increased our sales force and we're continuing to do that. And we have really built sales forces, both advisors talking to our, our, our families, folks, you know, our senior living advisors who talk to our families and give them advice and ultimately help them move into a community as well as we've built a team of what we call CSMs, customer success managers, who work with communities to help them move in families and make the process seamless and better. And so uh, we continue to build those teams and we'll build those teams and are continuing to add salespeople and, and capabilities around those salespeople. And then last is technology. You know, we've spent tens of millions of dollars in technology over the last couple of years and are continuing to do that. And it's because doing what I just said building that brand and then really enabling our sales force to work well with our families, be efficient, be customized, to use information uh, throughout that process so we really give a great service and a great outcome for the families and the community, is, requires great technology. And we've been rebuilding our technology platform pretty much from scratch. And we've now really gotten to a point where we have that foundation, but we're continuing to invest in it because we see so many ways to innovate and to do a better job. And so a lot of the investment's gonna to go to that. And I think, you know, everybody will see that as we keep launching new capabilities. Yeah. And I remember in 2019, I think I've asked you this question in particular before, but I remember in 2019, 
you talked about the reinvention that was underway, you know, that you wanted to start at, at a place for mom. So in light of what you just talked about, does that mean that this reinvention, you feel like you've mostly finished that? Is there still some work to do? I guess I want to check back in on that. Well, you know, I would, say, I would answer it in two ways. One, the company feels completely different to me than it did in 2019. I, you know, I do remember that interview from way back. And, it, you know, we were in the early days and we had ambitious goals around the technology, around the team, about our relationship in the industry, around our marketing. Uh, and I would say we've pretty much changed a lot of those things for the better. Like we really, we've, we've changed the way our company operates and the way we provide our services. Uh, and it's really making a difference in leading us to be successful. But I would also say that we're really only about halfway through where I think we can and should go. And so we're really, we're at a really good inflection point where all the things we've done are paying off and driving significant value, both for our families and our community customers and uh, for the business. But it's exactly what I thought would happen. The learning we're getting from that is just showing us where to go next and all the ways we can keep innovating and keep building and keep going. And so I think the change coming will be even bigger than the change we had in a noticeable way. Because so much of what we did was foundational. Now that we have the foundation, we're going to really be able to innovate and change and do things in ways that are unique and different. I want to talk with you about another goal that was was something that you had mentioned when you came aboard as CEO in, in 2019. I remember it was your goal to redefine relationships with senior living operators. And of course, if you're listening to this, I think it's no secret that there are some in the senior living industry who have had reservations about working with referral companies, you know, a place for mom included in that. So I guess, you know, how have you worked to change that conversation from one that may have had apprehension before to one that is more of a positive win-win, I think is something that you've said before. Well, I know you're talking to, and I know our listeners are a lot of those folks you're talking about. I'd be curious to hear what you hear. When I talk to folks who are senior living operators, I think the tone and the content and the substance of those conversations are very, very different. You know, we, we had a really good experience during the COVID, depths of COVID, where we were able to bring people information and ideas because we knew a lot and we could see what was going on. And we were really on the same side of the table, helping senior community operators have more move-ins, drive more revenue. And people needed help doing that. And I think we were really able to step up because we kept investing during that period and kept doing marketing. And we were able to step up and show people how they could get what they didn't necessarily think they could get and how we could contribute to that. Uh, and so I think we're using data and information and showing opportunity and how you know best-in-class practices and helping people do better. And so I think that's really resonated. We very much focused on not quantity, but quality. And that's a big, you know, that's a big theme that it's taken time to take hold. But, you know, when I first came here, you know, people would scream, you're not giving me enough leads or, you know, I want more leads or whatever. And I said, well, that's not what you should be asking me for. You should ask me for is more move-ins. Don't ask me for more leads, ask me for more move-ins. And that's what our goal is. Our goal is to give you more move-ins. And I think we have really successfully demonstrated that, that we're, we're not focused on just growing leads to say we grew leads. You know, there are people out there that do that. What we're focused on is, excuse me, giving you high quality opportunities and then working with you, which is really what's different, working with you to close those leads to generate move-ins and revenue for both of us. And that's, and, and, and by the way, a much better outcome for the families because the family is getting something that they're happy about. So all, all those constituents, the family, the community, and the, and the place for mom are in a much better place 
when we act that way. So I feel the conversations are different. Now, it's a big industry. There's a lot of people out there. I'm sure if you scratch, you're going to find others. I would love to talk to those people because I personally reach out to them. I, I think what I have found in the industry, our biggest customers are our most best advocates. Uh, the more sophisticated people, operators are our best advocates. And so I have to educate and I need to continue to educate and build awareness of what we do, what we can do, and why it makes so much sense and how we, we are really, and I really believe this, we are really a no-brainer from an economic point of view and value point of view for, for communities. And I, you know, we just have to educate. I actually want to, I can share with you a specific complaint that at least I heard before 2019 was that operators, I think, had complaints over, or I've heard they had complaints over contract provisions, stating basically that a place for mom owns a lead for, I think, two years or more or something like that. I remember before you became CEO, some operators had said that they felt pressured into accepting these kinds of contracts. I guess, has any of that changed? I'm assuming some of that has, given what you just said. But tell me more about, about that complaint and whether you still get that and how you meet that now. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I don't really get that complaint. Now, maybe maybe I'm just not hearing it, but I think that's a fundamental part of what we do. You know what? It goes to my point about getting focusing on move-ins, not just leads, we stay in touch with customers sometimes up to five years. One of the things we've actually seen, so one of our fastest growing conversion opportunities are customers, families who have been with us more than two years. Because a lot of times those leads were just dropped because we had that clause. And families go through a process of deciding. And what we don't want to do is pressure them to make a decision in a two weeks or 30 days or six months. We want to work on their timeline. And I think the communities, I hope, I'm not sure they all realize, but I hope they do, that we're really there working with the family on, on their timeline. And by being able to have that time, it gives us the ability to be their advocate and help them and, and continue to spend money against them. Like we continue, like we'll follow, do follow phone calls, email campaigns, text campaigns, run promotions to them. And by having that, we are able to do that and do that for the community. So I actually... I actually think it's one of the most, the bedrocks of what we do. And again, it's part of the education we have to do. But I, I really, in the th- almost three years I've been here, I've not really heard that complaint from communities. I've heard that complaint from other places, but never from a community. So it's a, it sounds like sort of to sum up kind of the this discussion, uh, it sounds like basically you would think that operators feel more positively about a place for mom today than they did maybe in 2019 when you first came aboard or before that. I think we've made progress to, for them to understand who we are, what we're about, and that we're on the side of helping being their true partner to make revenue together and, and satisfy families together. But I still think we have a ways to go. I, I, I'm not naive to know that, you know, there aren't a bunch of folks out there who probably don't all agree with that. And we are probably doing things we could do better every single day. And but that's a great, a great organization is one that says, hey, here's my aspiration. Here's my goal. We want to be uh, true business partners with all those communities. But how do we get there? And I think it's a journey. Three years in, I think we've made progress, but we're nowhere near the finish line. Yeah. Well, I, I want to actually also turn that question around. We have a lot of operators that listen to this podcast. So this is an opportunity for you to talk directly to them. How do you think senior living operators can be better partners to referral companies like A Place for Mom? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I would say all referral companies are not the same. So I, I can only talk about a place for mom. I think we operate very differently and especially now versus those out there who also try to do what we do. I, I would go back to what I was just talking about. I'm very focused on conversion, conversion of the leads we send. And what that means is 
we spent a lot of money. You know, my marketing budget this year, you know, we'll spend about $100 million in marketing. And when you spend that kind of money, every lead we generate, and then it goes through our funnel. That's before the expenses and all the money we spend in dealing with our advisors and screening out leads and working with them many times. And we get to a point where we have a, what we think is a pretty good lead. We only send it to the community when we think the customer really wants, family really wants it, and it's good for them. And the message I try to give out to the community is we really need their partnership to then effectively work those leads. And there's a great inconsistency uh, in the industry. Some folks work them well and incredibly hard. Some work them hard, but not as well as they could be. And others don't really work them at all. And we are very focused and, you know, on, on really supporting communities to one, give them the information so they can know what's going on because sometimes it's not purposeful. It's just lack of information and not coordination and all that kind of stuff. And also helping really to train the local folks in the communities about the opportunity they have and what's out there and really communicating the opportunity to drive move-ins that they have and help families. And so that's a big thing that I would really emphasize. I would also add one other thing, which is, and maybe this is a slightly different question, but I think one of the things I try to educate communities on is the economics of the way this all works. And what I mean by that is we are very, I just talked about that $100 million we spend. We are super efficient at this point. I mean, we are spending money to generate leads in local communities. We measure everything. I have an amazing team that really is world-class in what they do. You know, that's whether that's our website or our screening processes to eliminate folks that really shouldn't be going there, our prioritization, our sales teams, our advisor teams, all that, really world-class and efficient. And I know we're driving really efficient cost leads, but many times operators don't really think about their marginal economics, meaning what's the cost of getting the next move in? If they're at 80% occupancy, what's the cost of that next 10%? I am highly confident that we are the most cost-effective way to get that next five or 10%. But you can't compare that to the first 5%. And so really breaking that apart and, and educating folks about, we spend a lot of money. And I think, as I said, you know, we estimate that we're like, you know, a community pays something like 3% of the value they generate from moving to us. It's something pretty small. And so really getting people to understand that, understand that relative cost to not having that room filled at all, I think we're a really good value. And that's one of the biggest things we work with to get communities to understand and, and see. So d- during this pandemic, I think it's no secret to anyone that's listening to this podcast that what senior living residents and their families want out of senior living is different than before the pandemic. People have different desires, different fears, you know, all of that. So it, it occurred to me as I was thinking about our interview that A Place for Mom probably has extremely good visibility on what people want, considering you're catching them at the beginning of their journey often. So I guess, you know, can you talk at all about what you think residents and their families want out of a senior living community these days and how that might be different from what they wanted before this pandemic? You know, it's funny. It's a great question. And we do, by the way, do we do family surveys pretty in depth uh, every quarter, I think we do them. We also do community surveys. We're trying to survey everybody and really understand. We, we do a very large family survey all the time. I don't think their needs have changed so much. It doesn't mean there aren't different concerns a little bit here and there, but they're, they're, they really, our families care about 
is they want to know that mom or dad, who is usually mom or dad, that mom or dad are going to be well taken care of, that they're going to be safe, that they're going to be happy, and that they're going to have the ability to interact with mom and dad in a positive way. And they care about the price. I mean, what are, can they afford it? How do they pay for it? Uh, and how do you, I don't think, I think maybe COVID changed, like obviously safety at different points of time changed what the way they would define that. But I, I think the fundamental things we hear from families is really not that different. And as an industry, we have to keep communicating that senior housing, senior living is delivering those things, that mom or dad is going to be happier. They are going to be safer. They are going to be social, that they are that you're not losing touch with mom or dad. You're actually going to have more time to be with mom and dad unless I'm worrying about taking care of mom and dad. And those messages are really important to get across and to deliver in a way that is credible and consistent. And, and that's really important. So I remember when I wrote my last story, a couple operators reached out to ask some questions. Um, but I, I heard sort of anecdotally that there might be new referral companies popping up or, or on the way. And I, I, that got me thinking, I imagine now must seem like a good time to get into the referral business, given that so many operators are beginning occupancy, looking to recover from the pandemic, trying to cast a wide net and get a lot of prospects. So I wanted to ask you, have, have you seen more new competition to your business since this pandemic started? And if so, you know, what has that been like? What have you seen? Clearly, we have competitors out there. There are people doing what we do. We have, we do. But I don't perceive that we have more competition than we used to or that there are people that are popping up that I'm seeing that I'm really particularly focused on. If there are, you know, if any listeners are out there, I'd love to send me an email. I'd love to hear it because that's great learning for us. But we're really very scaled at this point. You know, we're work. We, again, and if you think about what we do, we're national. We're in every state of the country. We're in every part of all those states. We're running national campaigns and marketing programs. We have 500 plus senior living advisors, you know, working with families. We have a large number of sales folks working with communities. I mean, I could go on and keep giving statistics. The point is we're focused on how do we help the industry adapt and grow and change. And I look at the biggest thing I want people to do is come to referral folks like us and really to get advice, because I think they're more likely to move in when they use an advisor. We help families overcome objections that otherwise they just can't, especially the kind of people that seek us out. And so our big mission is to get more people to use us as an advisor, because we think the NA will convert more into, into senior living, and it's good for the whole industry. And that's really, when I think about the opportunity and competition, that's the, the real competition, people not doing anything. People just deciding not to move in or not to, you know, they're getting stuck in the process. And that's how I focus. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, reaching prospects, finding communities for them, that is a place for mom specialization. I don't want you to give away the secret sauce, although, I mean, I, I guess obviously it would, it would be cool if you did, although I'm sure you don't want to. But there are a lot of operators listening to this. So do you have any advice for them? I mean, obviously they're trying to do some of the same things that you are. Do you have any advice for them on how they can reach or, or, or connect with prospects in a better way? I think it's great that they're doing it because I think we want them to be, be, you know, as I said, a lot of what we try to do is help educate and train local communities to work with us so we can together help people make the families make the right decision and move in. And 
So when they are doing their own marketing, that's good because that means they're focused on having more and better sales folks, more and better follow-up, more and better metrics around what works and what doesn't work. And I think a lot of times people learn that by dealing with us and hopefully they can apply it to their whole business. Or if they're doing their core business, then they can do it with us. And that will make for much better outcomes and much more success. So I'm a big supporter of that. I love it. And I hope we're helping operators learn and become better and they can apply it everywhere and and we can get each other to be better. What I hear a lot these days from operators is they tell me how important it is to educate consumers on what senior living is, why you should need it. I know that A Place for Mom is also focused on that. So in what way do consumers who come to A Place for Mom need to be educated about the senior living industry? And how do you think the industry as a whole can do better to help people understand you know, what this all is and why they might need it and when? Yeah. You know, as I said before, I think this is a big opportunity as an industry. Uh, you know, when I talk to senior level folks in the industry, I say this over and over again, a little bit of shame on us for not helping families and, and folks, consumers understand what senior living is and what it's about. You know, the fact that nursing homes is the number one, often the number one term people start with, just tells you they're confused by what, what the differences are and what the offerings are. And again, it's one of the biggest roles we play, both in our advertising but also in our advisory work is to educate them about what the different types of senior housing there are and how it fits them. But that's, you know, we, I think it takes the industry, you know, like, you know, I think every operator needs to be out there getting the message across how senior housing is a good thing. You know, don't let people end up and say, this is something I only do as a last resort. You know, I don't want to move mom and dad. It's a bad decision, but I feel forced to do it, which is what we'll hear sometimes. And look, I understand the emotional nature of that decision, and nobody wants mom or dad to feel be in a place where they can't just live as they used to live before. But in the situation, this is the right solution so mom and dad can have a healthy, happy part of this life. And that's a really thing we should be proud of. And we're making a difference. And how do we get that message across in every interaction, in educating people, in local marketing? you know, in public relations, which we don't do very well, government lobbying. I just don't think we do it as an industry. We don't, you know, it's a biggest weakness as an industry we have. Others define us as opposed to us defining ourselves. Yeah. And I guess that that, that also fits into the the question we, we asked earlier. Larry, I, I, I'm always interested in kind of how people come to this industry. And I know that you, you before A Place for Mom, uh, worked in the travel industry. I believe you spent uh, quite a bit of time in that industry. You know, obviously, that was before the pandemic, but it strikes me that there are some parallels between what you might do in travel and what you might do in senior living. So do you see any parallels between those two industries, maybe lessons learned or something that you might be able to apply to what the senior living industry is going through now? Yeah, look, I, I think that, first of all, the basics of travel, hospitality, I really was on the hospitality side, you know, and senior living are fundamentally the same, right? You have a room that somebody lives in for some period of time that an operator is renting out. I mean, that's very basic. And then you need to get the word out, you know, that this is the right place to go and help them make a decision to, to go there. Now, it's a very different kind of customer and different segment when you're talking about hot hotels and the experience they're having is very different. But that basic dynamic is the same. And also the other key part of it is that you're talking about inventory that every night that's not filled, that operator is not able to return on a fixed cost investment. So the fundamentals of the business are very similar. I often would say 
that our industry, senior housing, is probably 30 or 40 years behind hospitality in recognizing, okay, so what do I do about that? And, and some of that's because the consumer is different, the family is different, and they're in a different place. But some of it's not. Like So comfort with sharing pricing, as an example, and being really transparent about it, helping use promotional marketing to drive different outcomes and behavior, using the internet, folks like us, to really get the message out and to look at it as a channel, like, you know, and, and how do I acquire customers in a cost-effective way through those channels? Those are just examples. I can give you many more. I think I do look at travel in some ways, not exactly because there are a lot of differences I could talk about, but there are a lot of things you can learn from and apply and say, how do we do that and, and leverage it in, in this industry? So I know that we talked about a little bit of this earlier. I want to kind of wrap up our discussion today by talking about what's going to come next with A Place for Mom, uh, some of the things that you're working on. So, and you may have mentioned this at the beginning of, of our uh, conversation, but I know that you're rapidly scaling up your marketing budget. I think you had shared with me plans to increase it by as much as 30% annually for the next five years, which is a lot. I guess, you know, tell us more about, about kind of how you'll apply that, what, what that means, and then also just give us a preview. What, is, what are you working on at A Place for Mom? What comes next? What can we expect to see out of the company in the remainder of 2022? First of all, there are a lot of folks out there who are turning 80 or 85 every day. And, you know, we, we have the beauty of being, we as an industry have the beauty of being in an industry where we have a tailwind behind us, which is that there are more and more customers coming. And I don't mean in a theoretical sense, I mean in an actual sense, right? And so, and they have, and our industry really, as I said earlier, meets a real need for families. It's, it's not something that people want to have, they need to have it. And so when you're in that place, it's easy to say, okay, the biggest need is to get the, it's everything we just talking about how do you get the word out how do you get people to understand what we can do what what the industry can do and what we can do for them within that industry and so marketing is a key way to do that and so whether it's branding or you know tv or search marketing or a whole host of new channels that we've been developing out there you know you know that we have really started to figure out how to reach our target audience in ways that are cost effective and smart and good for the family and good for the operator so that we can open up more doors and bring more people to the party. And that's that's what it's all about. And I think that uh, we're obviously economically driven, but we constantly measure what we're doing and we're seeing really good return on that investment. And again, it all goes back to then having the communities take those leads and actively work it. And, and the two hands go hand to hand. If we're going to keep increasing our marketing budget, as long as the communities keep taking our leads and work them and at, and at higher and higher lead conversion rate. So we get more families moving in, they're happier with us and having a good experience and we're able to economically justify it, which I believe we will. One more big question for you. Uh, this is kind of a fun one. If you could kind of wave a magic wand and change anything about the senior living industry that you wanted, what would it be and why would you do it? You know, I could, uh, I could, I could, I could, t- I could do a lot of things, but I guess I would love to have all the marketing directors and executive directors in this industry in a room for a day where I could train them on best practices on how to close and help people move in to get consistency. And it's not, look, we have a lot of great people out there, but they all, there's some best practices and some metrics and some approaches. And especially when it comes to working with us, that I think we could, I literally think we could double the conversion rate of leads and stuff like that. 
if we did it consistently, you know, and did it with in a learning way and, a, and in a true partnership way and where we shared information. And, I, and we're working with some people like that. We've seen tremendous improvements when we really work with operators. Tremendous improvements, like materially big jumps. And so if you ask me what I really love, I just wish I could wave a wand and get everybody together working in that, in that together. Because I think, I think we could help the industry so much and we could help families so much and you know, it would make us all very successful. Well, Larry Kutcher, thank you for coming on Transform. It's always uh, interesting to talk with you. I love to hear your perspective. So thank you so much for doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I look forward to doing it again. That does it for this episode of Transform. I would again like to mention our SHN Architecture and Design Awards. Visit Senior Housing News to view this year's winners. I'm Tim Regan for Senior Housing News. Thanks for listening.